Welcome to episode number four. And once again, welcome to episode number 43 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live and Talk Show and Podcast. Dana Bowman's having just a little bit of trouble connecting. She's the founder of Thyroid Nation Radio, and I'm Tiffany Mladenich of GratefulGarden.biz. And so we're going to have Dana just connect here with us when she gets in. Sometimes she has some trouble with some weather. Today we are talking with our Hashimoto sister, author, blogger, and paleo guru, grass-fed girl, Caitlin Weeks. Caitlin is a certified nutrition consultant, holistic lifestyle coach, and personal trainer in San Francisco, California. She is a certified EFT practitioner and is committed to educating others about the benefits of traditional ancestral foods. Caitlin has written several wonderful uh, books and ebooks, including Mediterranean Paleo Cooking, Carb Smart Grain Free Sugar Free Living Cookbook, Easy Paleo Gelatin Treats, which sounds very cool. I've got some questions about that, and Healthy Ideas and Recipes for a Paleo Breakfast. She is also uh, paleo, uh, yeah, essential oil enthusiast, so I'm really excited about that. And she's, uh, I believe, in training for the raindrop uh, technique. Uh, and so we're just really excited to have her. Just a few quick things before we get started. And I apologize for having my voice and no breaks in between this. If you tuned in last week, which we hope you did, you heard us chatting with the amazing Dr. Jill Carnahan. She was, oh my gosh, I just can't even say enough. We were talking about SIBO, uh, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, gut, vitamin D, iodine, breast cancer. She's a 15-year breast cancer survivor, uh, diabetes, and just so many more things. It was such so packed with information. She was, she was amazing. So if you missed it, you can certainly catch her in the Thyroid Nation radio archives, as well as the amazing guests that we've had the pleasure and privilege of interviewing, like Dr. Holtorf, Hypothyroid Mom, Mary Showman, Susie Cohen, and Isabella Wentz. Uh, make sure to also check out the lineup of future guests uh, we have scheduled uh, on the Thyroid Nation radio page. Uh, and check out the new site. Dana has a new site going. It looks amazing. Uh, so future guests like uh, Andrea Nakayama, Dr. Trevor Cates, and just so many more uh, amazing people. So excited to do that. So I know that Caitlin is with us right now. So let's get this Thyroid Nation thriving until Dana can connect with us. Good morning, Caitlin. How are you? Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So exciting. So I apologize. Uh, like I said, when you hear Dana come on, she'll have this great, amazing uh, southern accent. <laughs> and I know she's completely just freaking out right now <laughs> about connecting. So, so shoot, it looks like it's you and me. So welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm sure she'll get on soon. I'm sure she'll connect soon. She's she's panicking right now. We've actually never had her uh, not be able to connect, but she connects through Skype in Costa Rica. So we'll we'll hopefully get her here very soon. Let's start with your story. You've got quite the story. Yeah, well, I grew up in the South. I grew up in Nashville, and I was three years old when my parents got divorced, and it had a big impact on me. I think I turned to comfort food a lot to get through that time, and I was actually 
raised by my dad, so really close with my dad, and uh, my mom went did did not live with us. So you know that's a little unique to be raised by your dad, and for sure. um, <laughs> he was also a comfort food eater. You know, so uh, my grandmother and my dad were big influences on me, and. By by the time I was six years old, I was already entered into a Weight Watchers program, trying to lose that pudge. So I started dieting when I was really young, and you know, it was kind of a thing in my family. You know, diet starts on Monday, kind of thing mentality that was just on and on and on. And so he's like, "You're either always on a diet, or you are pigging out." So. Uh, <laughs> When I was in high school, I got into a really negative cycle with, uh, you know, over-exercising and being on um, just really not eating much and trying to eat Diet Cokes and Lean Cuisines all day. Right. Low fat. Really. Oh, yeah. And when I – it's just really sad to think back on how, you know, that's such a time for – brain development and you need to be eating well and you know I'm sitting there in class like staring at the wall because I can't concentrate (laughs) and I'm so hungry but I was trying to be cool and you know you have contests with your friends and just you know really unhealthy patterns of of dieting and you know and you, you know at that age you don't listen to your parents even if they tell you to eat something good you're just like I know but I know what I'm you know I know everything kind of thing. So then right. uh, in college, I decided that I was sick of dieting. So I just let it all hang out and I ate everything in sight because, you know, it was free on the meal plan. And then you have the uh, the late night beer parties and all that and the the drive-thrus. <laughs> and, uh, Wait, super so I got Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you never realize that the carb that all that alcohol makes you super hungry at the end, in the middle of the night. So then we would go, you know, stock up on pizza and everything else. So then in college, by the time I graduated, I was 240 pounds. So I got. And how tall I, are I you, Caitlin? Just to give an idea for people. Eight. How tall are you? Five, five eight. eight. Okay. And so what, by the time I was walking across the stage for graduation, it was just, you know, such a feeling of accomplishment yet embarrassment for being up there, and it's like no, you know, nobody can see the the good thing. It's just like, oh, you know, she's out of control with her weight. Is what you're, you know, that's what you think people are thinking, even though it's like a happy time of your life. So I was proud of myself, but yet also very embarrassed. And uh, after that, I decided to lose weight again on a low fat diet and I but I was on you know more on my own terms as an adult and I counted my calories I went to the gym and I ate a lot of vegetables and I learned some good things during that period like planning ahead and you know eating more protein and things like that but of course fat was still very taboo and I was eating a lot of still a lot of processed foods uh but I was doing some good things, like I was walking just like 30 minutes a day. You know, I wasn't doing crazy amount of exercise because I wanted something sustainable this time. I didn't want to be 
crazy, but I didn't really have the good, the right information. You know, this was way right. before the internet. This was like 2001, right. 2001. So there really wasn't all these books and and right. great websites that we have now. So I lost 90 pounds pretty fast, and you know, when you're 22 years old, you can still lose weight. <laughs> and then I decided that I wanted to change my career, uh, and I became a personal trainer, and I decided to move to California because I wanted to help everybody else lose weight and uh, be happy like I was. So I went to California, and I became a personal trainer. I got lots of clients, and everything was going really well for a while. I, I met my husband, and I was working in a several different gyms and it was, everything was going really great and I started to get more into running marathons I was running half marathons and I started to study more about nutrition and so I thought oh well, I could save the earth if I just become a vegetarian so that in oh combination <laughs> with with marathon running was right. oh my I think I think every, I mean, I don't know if I would have gotten sick as fast if, but that really kind of put the nail in the coffin with mm-hmm. the Hashimoto's. So after a few, after about, it didn't take very long, maybe nine months of doing that, I was, I had never had really any health problems. I mean, of course, looking back on it now, I had a lot of uh, ear infections and urinary tract right. infections, but you right. know, you never know that that's connected to anything. At right? The time. No, but, exactly. Right? Who thinks about um, that? But, right? Yeah, but uh, but other than that, I really had, had never had any digestive problems. I had pretty good energy, you know. Uh, then all of a sudden, I needed a pot of coffee to get out of bed for my 6 a.m. clients, and I would just continue to drink coffee all day long. And all I could do after I had maybe three, four, or five clients in a row, and then I was just every minute counting down until I could go to sleep again. And I, it was just became that I was obsessed with sleeping, constantly napping, constantly. I just wanted to sleep, and that was very unusual for me. I, I mean, I didn't usually need that much rest, and uh, I knew something wasn't quite right, and all of a sudden my digestion became very slow, like going, you know, once or twice a week, and that was very unusual too. And I felt right. very bloated, very sensitive all the time. Uh, it just seemed like every food I was eating was uh, affecting me, and um, I was eating tons and tons and tons of tofu at the time. Oh, my so, gosh, I know, right? I did the same thing, so I hear you there. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's all hindsight's twenty twenty now, but the I went to the I went to the yearly, you know, women's doctor, and I was like, I really don't feel well, something's wrong with me. And my mom had actually given me a list of tests to ask for because she had uh, been to a holistic doctor and of course, you know, they didn't want to give them to me, but I wasn't very strong at the time. I didn't know anything. Right. So I was very scared to push. And uh, so what I did was I got the requisition form and I just added them on myself. Oh. So, because they put, you know, they put a couple, but they wouldn't put them all. So I just put them. So then right. she 
Then they were mad and they were telling me I had to leave. I couldn't be their client anymore. So it's oh, like, no. okay. Which really, you know, you know what's funny about that is that the big retribution of that would have fallen on you for insurance, you know, without that the proper, you know, ICD-10 codes. But you know, well, it sounds like it was a gift though, in 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 respects. Yeah, I mean, they told I, you to go away. Yeah, I ended up having to pay for all. And none of that was covered by my insurance oh. anyway, so I had to pay it all out of pocket, which I didn't know there was cheaper ways, you know, to get that. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyway, then I had actually, because I was a personal trainer, I had networked with the naturopathic doctor, so I met a new one, and I actually took my test results over to her, and she told me that I had Hashimoto's. <laughs> and wow. so I wasn't i wasn't one of those people who took forever to get diagnosed. Um, right. I, so I got do you remember? very fast. Caitlin, do you remember how old were you? Number one, when with that final diagnosis or with that initial diagnosis, we'll say. I was um, nineteen, just like I am today. No, oh wow, I'm just of kidding. Of course, um, <laughs> no, I was thirty-two then. I think around there, thirty between thirty and thirty-two, something like that. Okay, and do you remember what your antibodies or your TSH were when they diagnosed? Was it, you know, were you just massive, or was it just in that? you know, kind of squirrely gray area where so many people can feel horrible and, and yet still fairly look normal, you know, on paper? Well, I w- I, my TSH was perfect. So so you were still within gone, range. It was like 1.1 1. 1 or something. Right. So, I mean. And how about I, your I, antibodies? If, if, Do you remember? <clears throat> yeah. But if I just want to say, if I was only going by that test, then I right. probably would have gotten sent away, you know. Right. Uh, but I had the antibodies test as well, and so that was 600. So it oh, was, wow. Was, it wasn't like 35, like some people. It was like a lot, but it right. wasn't like thousands and thousands. Or, um, well, you know what? So, Dana and I talk about this all the time, Caitlin, because, um, you know, I was diagnosed similar to you, normal TSH range, you know, antibodies, I think mine, the highest mine ever got were like, you know, 397, 400 right in there. But I felt literally like I was dying. So there's, it's so important. That's the reason why we asked that question is because you were technically, if they hadn't tested your antibodies, right, you would have been like, Mm -hmm. Caitlin, everything looks normal on paper. You know, honey, you're just, maybe you're just overdoing it. You know, they would kind of slough it off with, so that's, you know, that's why we bring that up. Oh, you're getting older. You're getting older. It's like, Okay, but yesterday, you know, in the scheme of things, very soon before that, I felt great. You know, so like all overnight, practically, you're you're supposed to feel terrible. I mean, isn't aging right. like a process? So I mean, right. and <laughs> you're like not at thirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew the difference between right. what I felt like and then all of it. And the the fatigue was so extreme. I mean, I've never felt like that. And I mean, my husband noticed right away, like, what is going on? And she made it. Hi. Oh, my God. how are you? Hi. It's like Santa came in from the chimney. Yay. (laughs) She's here. Woohoo! Can you believe that? Okay, so we have this this program called Line 2, and we use it for all of our phone calls. We do everything. We've been here seven years in Costa Rica, and... 
it didn't work today. It not, didn't work on my husband's or mine. And so I'm texting them. I'm like, it's not working. He's like, try Skype. So download Skype, you know, whatever. One of those things. Sorry. Oh, we're That's glad okay. you're here We're now. happy you're here. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> okay. I've missed it so much. So y'all just keep going where you were, and I'll try to catch up. Now she's so telling her amazing just, story, yeah. Go ahead, Kate. I was just telling her about when I got diagnosed and uh, so I was able to actually know a naturopath and so she gave me the nature she gave me the nature thyroid right off the bat. So I was lucky with that and within about two weeks I felt a thousand times better. I mean it was just remarkable how much better I felt right. so quickly. But, I mean, I knew at that time I had just started nutrition school at Bauman College in Berkeley. And so I had started, I kind of knew there was something going on with my nutrition. And I knew there was a lot more to it. I knew it wasn't just take your medicine and and leave. There was a lot more that I needed to, to work on. So it was a slow process of kind of finding the right nutritional plan and I was lucky enough to get, because we had a forum at our school, and so there was some nutrition, so some graduates on there who would a lot of times give advice and stuff. And I actually contacted one of them, and she was this really cool old hippie lady, and she was very Weston A. Price oriented, and she oh, was cool. just she gave me kind of a student rate, so I was uh, she just was took really good care of me and she was like you know she made me food journal and she was like you know what your blood sugar is all over the place you know you've got to get your blood sugar under control and you know what you're eating is making you crazy and so she was just really a a blessing at that time for me and so I was kind of following her advice and then I ran into more and more people you know you just kind of attract people right that or Mm like-minded and and so i i learned that later on i learned that what i was pretty much doing was a paleo diet so i was like oh okay well i guess i'm paleo so i started really getting into that world a lot and i started my website and you know how long ago was that 2010 Cool. So your website, uh, Grassfed Girl, was started in 2010. Mm-hmm. It's like oh a my gosh, you have been on fire. Internet, <laughs> an internet world. It's like a century in the in the internet years, like dog yes. years. Yes, it is. It is like dog years. <laughs> you're right. But you are on fire. You're doing really great, and I love everything that you know that you're about. So I'm so glad to have you on the show. I'm sorry, I'm just kind of jumping in at my. <laughs> The first comments they usually make. Sorry about that, but I can't help it. No problem. <laughs> so I have can't a quick question, real on your on your health journey, Caitlin. Did you have any other uh, compounding co-infections or nutrient deficiencies or anything, or or was it at that point just just straight Hashimoto's? Well, I I I worked with a lot of different practitioners over the years and. Yeah, I've done just about everything, you know. I've done the hair test and I've done the stool test and I've done the um the the I had stage 3 adrenal fatigue that was very very 
bad. I mean, I right. was complete flatline, and it took me really until about October. I got a a, a pretty good adrenal test, so that's five years to dig myself out of severe adrenal fatigue. Gotcha. Oh, so it sounds like cortisol was a was a big compounding factor for you. Yeah, I had the the just a completely no no morning cortisol at all, and then I was just the same the whole rest of the day. So uh, now it, getting it back up to have energy in the morning took a really long time. So I worked on that. And then I also had some I had some gut infections. I had crypto and blasto. Oh wow. My my buddies, crypto and blasto. So <laughs> I took a whole bunch of herbs and all that stuff for that and um let's see. I mean I've never been diagnosed with any other disease and that's one of the things that really motivates me is to stay on in a healing path because I you know, some people they don't feel that motivated, but I do because I don't want to get any worse, you know. I don't want right. to get a new diagnosis, and so that keeps me really motivated to eat right, eat well, and, you know, take care of myself. Well, okay, tell so us about... Me, yeah, go ahead, Dan. Oh, I was going to say, let me know, um, let me back up just a second to your cortisol, because I also suffer with cortisol, so I just want to ask you just a few questions about it, if you don't mind. When so you you were diagnosed and you started the blog, but then you didn't get your uh, start working on your adrenal fatigue until. Dana. Yeah, did you hear me? Can you hear me? No. Yeah, your it sounds like maybe your headset's cutting out a little bit. Caitlin, oh, does it sound okay. like that to you too? Yeah, I mean the last word cut out. Oh, I was just wondering about you. You just got diagnosed with your adrenal fatigue like a couple months ago. No, it took it took me five years to get it. Five up. years. Right, I I was doing the adrenal fatigue from the beginning. Oh, okay. I did okay. the the saliva test because I started working with that naturopath right away, and she did that test right at the now, beginning. Caitlin, did, so I kept testing you, about every year or every did six you also, months to a year. Did you also, by chance, when you went on your nature throid, so you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's first, did you find when you went on your nature throid, was there a period of time, I know you said you felt really good in the beginning, but was there a period of time where that wasn't working as well? And, you know, that potential, did you have that? Was that what helped you, you know, went after the adrenal fatigue or? Well, I mean, I felt really good. Uh, I mean, it did sort of level out. I mean, I didn't continually feel better and better and better, uh, really. I mean, I saw the huge improvement at the beginning, and then I just kind of felt, you know, so-so for a long time. And then, and a lot of it was, I mean, based on how much I took care of myself and if I slept and, you know, all that. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, it it didn't keep going up and up and up. It was like, okay. Gotcha. Uh, now you've got to keep figuring out what else it is. And, and I really don't think my dose was quite right uh, until I've been working with uh, Dr. Eric Horowitz. 
Yeah, I mean, and she, the this last year, she's been tinkering with my dose, and I've gotten a compounded T3, T4 combination because she didn't think that it was, it wasn't converting or you know i wasn't i wasn't getting enough t3 oh so they added more t3 to your you know basically compounded more t3 yeah so she's well, been figuring cool. with that over the last year or so um but you know sometimes when you're working on other projects you just you can't always go full steam ahead with your own care like you have to take breaks because it's like it's such a big project you know like it's a full-time job to like deal with your illness you know right like sometimes you have to do other things in life so I would work on it for a while then I would take a break and go back and you know it's also a you know it's based on the amount of energy you have for it as well as finances and everything else so can you can you tell me um, a little bit about since you said you did you get diagnosed right away um, with your uh, adrenal fatigue with your um, Hashimoto's diagnosis? And the reason I ask that way is, is merely because when I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's, it took me a year before someone really, you know, I guess asked me, you know, have you ever had your cortisol? Well, like I was telling. Tiffany, I was really lucky because I lived in San Francisco, and it was, you know, kind of the epicenter of functional medicine. So I was able to get really good care right away. So I I was told a lot of the ins and outs right off the bat, and so I I didn't have to go searching around for the right kind of what What different things did you do to... What different things did you do to try to heal your adrenal fatigue along the five-year route that you've been on? Well, I quit being a personal trainer uh, <laughs> because that was very, very hard on my body. Yeah. Uh, so I quit that about three years ago. You got a lot of background noise. Dana. Yeah, I was going to say, Dana, it sounds like you're next to standing next to a school. Yeah. So a ton of background noise. Caitlin, she like... got these new she got these new headphones and you can they're like like super it's almost like a gaming headphone. You get like super <laughs> intense hearing. <laughs> so yeah, you can it's hear like, like a, a pin drop on her side. That's so it's funny. so weird though cuz I'm sitting here and nobody's here. I'm here alone. The windows are closed, the fans are off, the doors are closed. I'm sitting here and it's perfectly quiet. Can you, well, can maybe you hear any kids or anything? I mean, it got better just now. Yeah, okay. now it sounds great. Okay, I won't move. <laughs> yeah, be still. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't move. <laughs> so what the wonders do long- <laughs> so I qu- I quit my I quit my personal training job uh-huh, because I felt uh-huh. I read that book about uh, from Dr. Wilson about the uh, <laughs> who let the dogs out. Um, yeah, Dana, can you hear dogs barking anywhere? Well, what I'm thinking is if you're on like a Wi-Fi or something like that, it almost sounds like we're picking up an additional um, caller. Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. It it almost sounds if you can't hear any dogs or kids, I can't, I can't hear anything. 
No, it's perfectly quiet here. <laughs> it so sounds weird. like That's you're insane. like. <laughs> I would almost say hang up and call back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It sounds like you're back. picking up another, we're picking up someone else in the whole deal. Okay, it's sorry, bizarre. I'll call right back. Sorry. Okay, call sorry. back. Okay, bye. No, 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 that's okay. All right. Well, I'll just go ahead and tell what I've done to my adrenals. Yes, and I'll write it down. And we, we always listen to it again, Caitlin, because I know she really wants to hear this, but I, I we got to get rid of that additional static. It's cuckoo nuts. Okay, so go ahead. Um, so I I felt like after reading that book by Dr. James Wilson that it was really important for me to wake up naturally and stop waking up with an alarm. And so once I was able to start my blog and I got my income to be up enough enough to replace my personal training, I quit my personal training and I just slept until my heart's desire. And I really feel like that made a huge impact on my adrenals. And I did a lot of just walking because I had been such an exercise junkie that I just needed to just stop worrying so much about exercising all the time. And so I just started to do a lot more walking and less intense workouts. I totally stopped running for many, I mean, I haven't really run since then. I mean, maybe just little intervals here and there, but nothing like I was doing. Of course, I completely quit eating tofu and (laughs) – and anything soy or, you know, of course, I stopped eating gluten and and grains and all that stuff. Uh, just eating a lot of really nutrient-dense foods. I mean, I feel like I was on such a negative cycle about my my blood sugar, and I was always hungry, and it was always about guilt and just this up-and-down feeling of being hungry, then being get, feeling guilty, and... So once I finally started really nourishing my body with foods, I felt like I was off of that cycle of being starving and and I, I mean I'd never I had never I'd always been so hungry and I always thought I had like a character flaw, you know, and I feel like eating right with very nutrient dense foods is in bone broth and and you know pastured eggs and grass fed beef and of course that's the 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 name of my blog is based on grass-fed beef because it was just so important for my healing to eat really filling foods and get away from that, you know, fear of fat and fear of of eating meat and and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like that was a big part of it too. And, you know, worry, worrying about my gut infections was important. And I took a lot of adrenal-supporting supplements and herbs and you know all those adaptogens and uh the you know I did a the pregnenolone and all that stuff for a while but you know I don't really take that anymore but I did that as because I worked with a lot of different practitioners so Um, but really I think just changing my lifestyle is the biggest thing and just being more in control because I used to be so overscheduled and now I just I'm really just much more in control of what I do and when I do it and you know if I don't feel good one day I just I don't do anything so and I just feel like it's so important to have that control over your life I agree we agree 
don't we, Dana? A hundred percent, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I love about living here in Costa Rica. There's lots of things that make it difficult, like can't I can't really get grass-fed beef here, so that's crazy. Or, you know, grass-fed butters, like, you know, my friends at the store right now picking some up because they got a shipment in, so that's a big, big deal. So, um, But the calm and the able to, and me being able to control my life better has has definitely helped and stop you know i stopped teaching zumba so that i say i um, almost every other episode that you know the doctor didn't mention the word autoimmune or lifestyle or anything like that it was it was crazy and so i kind of had to do a lot of my learning on my own and uh sounds like you didn't you were in the right place at the right time so good for you well i mean even though I, I was near a lot of good information, I was also, you know, it depends on what you read, because I thought I was doing everything right. You know, I was I was running every day like a, like a you know, healthy person, and I was eating, you know, plant-based diet. So, you know, if you read the right, if you read certain things, you're going to think that that's the best thing, you know, and so I just want... I, I mean, that's one reason I like to go on these podcasts and have my own podcast is just because I don't want another girl who has good health to throw it over, <laughs> ruin it like I did, you know, by hey, reading so- the wrong information. Oh, right. Uh, yes. So tell us, Caitlin, I know you. we want to, you know, cover, you know, several bullet points with you, but tell us how you find a good doctor. I know that's something you want to talk about. Your experiences is really finding a good doctor. Tell us tell us what you think. Uh well, I mean, I was just I was so lucky to be in San Francisco and I knew a lot of people so I could keep on referring, but I think you know, now I feel like it's not as hard because of the internet and just think when people go to their doctor, just just like any other hairdresser or uh, you know house cleaner, it's it's just a service provider. And I feel like a past generations, like my parents, are so reverent to their doctors. And and I mean, I know they work really hard and they study for a long, long time. But sometimes they're just not going to fit your needs and just go outside the box and keep looking for the answers. And, you know, you're not, you do not have to sit there and be told that you're just crazy or that you need antidepressant or, you know, that you're getting old or you just need to diet and exercise more and um, you know, all those things, you need to move on to somebody who's really going to help you. And, you know, use uh, as a saying, you know, let me Google that for you. Like, do, right. do, do your Googling because there is so much good information out there and just keep on searching. I mean, one of the, you know, of course, I turned to the Stop the Thyroid Madness website and and uh, that was one of the first places that I really learned a lot. And I was lucky, actually, at my nutrition school. My mentor was a Hashimoto's sufferer, and she had written a lot of articles. And so I was able to read all of her articles about 
you know, eating nutrient-dense diet and that kind of thing. So just know that the information is out there and you don't have to sit there and feel lesser than just because you're, you know, high and mighty doctor tells you that they don't want to order tests or that you don't, you don't deserve some better information, you know. I mean, I've been to endocrinologists at, at Kaiser. I just kind of go, sometimes I go to the doctor to just kind of almost amuse myself because it's like, <laughs> what are they going to say that is so bonkers that I'm going to just, I mean, it's like I kind of take it with a grain of salt. I mean, one right. time I, because if, if it was included, the last several years, uh, I lived in San Francisco. I had really good insurance, so I would go just because it was very cheap. And and uh, you know, one time I had an endocrinologist coming in, and and she was ex- extremely overweight, and which I is fine. But I mean, it's like if you're supposed to be this hormone expert, it's just kind of like what, right? And um, I mean. It was, and then of course she she told she she didn't even believe me. I had had Hashimoto's for years at that point, and she was just like, "Well, I don't I don't see that you have thyroid disease." Oh, and I was oh like, gosh. "Okay, oh. well, I mean." So I went back home and I printed off all like a <laughs> you know a telephone book of tests, and I took it I'm back to her and dropped you. it. Yeah, and she and she was like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you should be on thyroid medication." I was like, "Oh my god." Yeah, and then I was sometimes I'd get the prescription and then I would just not I wouldn't use it because I right. didn't even want their stuff. I just I don't even know why I went there. I don't remember why I went there that time, but you know, sometimes I just go to see maybe if you get a new doctor, maybe there maybe it's maybe it's a good one this time. So just go and see, you know, but then like okay, so I'm just so glad that there is so many resources out there to, and it, you know sometimes you can't get some of your tests done or something for free, so you're like okay, well I'll try that, but but then just know deep down that that there's, you know don't let that your internal compass, like listen to your instincts, you know. Listen to your instincts, and I have a lot of people, which I'm sure you do too on your website and Facebook page who ask you know, who who say they need some help and can they post on my site and of course I always post questions and things for the group. And I I mean I feel like a broken record because it's like almost the same post every time. Well my doctor doesn't think I should and my doctor doesn't think I have or my doctor didn't have the test or he wouldn't let me take the test or it's like I want to just stand on a rooftop and just scream to everybody like find a new doctor. Like like yeah. they're really sad because their doctor's not doing this and what Did you just move around? Because that whole couldn't hear you at all. Oh no, <laughs> Caitlin, could you hear? Or was it just like a? Mm-mm, no. Okay, I won't. I'm so animated when I talk that I turned a little bit. But am I better now? Am I better? We're not kidding don't, when we say don't, don't move. move. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. 
no. Maybe. I want to talk about emotional freedom techniques, EFT. Can we can we jump there for a few minutes? Sure. Lay it on me. Tell us what it's about. Well, I learned about emotional freedom techniques a few years ago in San Francisco, of course. Uh, I had a friend named Brittany Watkins, and she taught me about EFT. And uh, I use it a lot for sugar cravings and a lot for stress because I, you know, would get really stressed out. And so it's a tapping technique where you just, it's kind of like you're using your shark your chakras and your energy points on your body and it's just a way I think when you you need to have all the tools in your toolbox that you can because I think getting through the day when you have Hashimoto's is it you know really takes it's like it takes a village you know um you you need to be able to have a lot of you need to have supplements you need to have your oils you need to have your your meditation techniques and you need to have your EFT because it will help you to calm down and relax and you know you, you just got to stay on that even keel and I just think you need all those tools to deal with it so it's you can really say whatever you want it's a very forgiving technique but you just start out on the with your you have these points on the sides of your hands and you just tap them together you can Google it. Uh, I have some videos. I have one about sh- chocolate on my uh, YouTube page, the Grassbed Girl YouTube page. So a lot of people start out doing it for cravings, and I did it a lot for overeating because I had a lot of problems with overeating. So I would do it before a meal, and that would just kind of, you know, so sometimes we eat very distracted and we don't even chew, and then sometimes we sure. forgot that we even ate because, you know, you're watching TV or you're on the phone or, you know, you're standing up. Uh, and it was just a way of centering before. And I almost would feel like it would uh, get your, your stomach to kind of rev up, like, for digestion. And, you know, a lot of people with Hashimoto's or thyroid, low thyroid are, uh, you know, low stomach acid and, a lot of digestive issues so it's kind of wakes up your system and to me it would I could actually be much more in touch with how much I needed to eat when I would do it before a meal and it was also you could do it as a form of gratitude just for you know 30 seconds before you would eat sometimes I, like if I was at a restaurant I'd go in the bathroom and do it it would just help me to calm down and not be shoveling that food in so fast and help, help me chew and just felt like it improved my digestion. And I use it all the time now. I mean, because sometimes I think when you are, well, for for me anyway, my mind just goes a, a thousand miles a minute. And I always have a million ideas and a million things on my mind. And, you know, like I can't even finish the last sentence because I'm so excited about the next sentence. And I think for me, it, it just helps me to slow down and calm down and, and and be grateful for that moment. And so there's so many ways. You can really just come say whatever comes to mind, but you'll find after a few rounds of tapping on your your points that you will be able to you will be able to focus and relax and it will help you sleep. I mean it's 
it really does it does everything, you know, and you can manifest with it. So if you want something to happen, you know, it's like a a way of of praying almost, but an active form because I think and also with meditation because sometimes you're so revved up that you can't even meditate. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a form of meditation, but it's active. That's how I see it. You know, so it's a way to center yourself without, like, laying down or zoning out, you know. Right, like mindfulness, consciousness. You're just saying basically wake up and and be aware of your thoughts and your hunger and your eating, and I totally get that, totally get that. But sometimes, I mean, I would, I did have nutrition clients for a while, and, you know, they were so mile a minute that, they couldn't meditate because it just was too much of a stretch for them. You know what I mean? Right, so that right. yeah, EFT yeah. was something that they could actually do and be, uh, uh, you know, quickly before they, um, before they ate or before they went to bed or when they, you can do it when you wake up. A lot of times I wake up and I'll, I'll just do a round of tapping about all the things I'm grateful for in my life. So you know, just watch a video on it. It's very universal the tapping points but then you whatever you want to say you know pertains to your life and you'll actually kind of go into a a rhythm and you'll just start saying whatever comes it's almost like you're chanting i mean you'll just whatever's coming into your mind you'll just start saying it and it'll be exactly what you need at the time you know what i mean like it's like whatever you're worried about just starts coming out of your mouth and you're like passing on it you know right oh i love it so I know that essential oils have to be part of this. So tell us how you use essential oils, what some of your favorites are, and all that good stuff. Well, I started using essential oils about a year and a half ago, and I just was so happy because uh, I one part of my story that you didn't, or you read an older bio or whatever, but Earlier this, well, in August, I moved back to Nashville because I was really ready to get away from the big city life, and I wanted to calm down and um, be near my family. My sister has a a small baby, and so I was really just aching to get out of that, you know, concrete jungle kind of thing. So, because I live right downtown in San Francisco, <laughs> so we moved back to Nashville, and. So now I just love to, well, in San Francisco I was using them because it was always kind of gray and foggy and, you know, so it would help me to kind of energize in the morning. I would put on some citrus oils and maybe some pine, you know, some cypress or something like that and it would just help me energize and wake up and just have a much brighter outlook. Yeah, and um, and now... Uh, that I'm in my house in Nashville, I have a, you know, a yard and trees and stuff, and so it's it's a better environment for somebody who works from home. But uh, what I love about the oils is that I use the, there's some that are supportive for thyroid function. I, I, I use uh, one called Indoflex, and I, it's a, one you can use on your thyroid, and then I also use... Um, 
this one called Energy, which is supportive of adrenals. And then I also use, uh, I just love like the, the ones for meditation, like frankincense. I'm sure you love that one too. And I know Absolutely. you guys have your your own line of oils over there, so that's great. I just I just think that people I almost look at it as a way of of just one more way to take care of yourself and take that little moment to say because I feel like the one of the big reasons we got into this mess is because you know we put ourselves last and we take care of everyone else and oils to me is just like taking that little moment to fill up your diffuser or to put on your roll on or to put on your necklace and say you know I'm important and I'm going to take this little moment to and you know put the oils on me and it's just about self-care you know I totally, we totally get that. <laughs> yes, we do. We are, we are right on the money with that one. Absolutely. And there's so many, like, a, like I, you said, there's so many that can help with mood and, you know, pain and just, they're, they're amazing. They're truly amazing substances. I mean, I look, I look so forward to the future of, you know, having kind of be scientific by nature I look forward to more concrete studies. I mean, you know, I, I know that you're up on it too, but like myrrh with, you know, a couple of breast cancer cell lines. And there is so much hardcore, you know, uh, research in the future that's going to be done that, that people are just going to be like, are you kidding me? I mean, they're they're amazing. They smell good, but there are so many health benefits from them. I can't wait. I hope that the future of medicine is very aromatic. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> it's cool. I know. I mean, the yeah, they're saying. I mean, I I just it's so cool to me that those have been used for thousands of years, and I think more and more as people realize they take responsibility for their own health care, they're going to use those as a complementary. Uh, you know part of their their health care and I, I just think that you know there's a little bit of a learning curve and you have to be careful and uh, definitely you know had some I think I think that's what's so important is that you know uh you know infusions have been used for so long but really hardcore distilled potency essential oils really haven't been around that long like you and I use with the you know the five and the fifteen ml bottles you know, but the we're seeing so many studies come out now on you know lemongrass and its ability to alter fetal bone development. There are things that are that are fairly you know uh, important warnings, like you said. You know, it's 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 uh, making yourself informed and staying up you know on on information that's coming out. But the more studies that come out. We're going to see amazing things. Like I, I was just at the Pacific Institute of Aromatherapy in San Francisco, their uh, convention, and you know, looking at glioblastomas that are dissolving with inhalation therapy. I mean, there's just so like I said, my scientific nature is like I want to see it on paper, you know, what I mean? mm-hmm. or an MRI. You know, they actually showed MRI slides and the progression of this dissolution of the glioblastoma, which is a brain tumor they're very difficult to treat. So for me, it's kind of like mixing that conventional, you know, uh, nitty-gritty, 
on paper, tell me what this actually does with that whole, you know, aromatic, you know, wonderfulness that people have known, like you said, for thousands of years. So it's just, it's such a cool future. The future is so cool. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if you're just getting started with oils, just, you know, use them topically and use them when in your diffuser and and then, you know, get a couple of good books and you just really become an educated consumer about it before you really start going crazy with it. That is <laughs> and a especially wonderful be, piece of advice. You, you got to be also very cautious about, you know, ch- children because their bodies are so much smaller than ours and they're more well, sensitive. Well, and people with so. chronic illness, too, you know, that have circulatory you know, uh, issues because they have to be metabolized by the liver and the kidneys. So people with circulation problems, chronic illness, I mean, you got it. You nailed it. You nailed it, Caitlin. It's it's just, uh, it, they're, they're amazing. They truly, truly are amazing. You know, and I know of course, this, now that my... they are catching, catching on, the, you know, the government's cracking down on what you can say and all that. You have to be careful about what you say they do. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. Well, and you know what's, you know, crazy about that is you can, you know, it seems kind of sad to me that you would have to register it as a drug to actually say that. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, the FDA is just saying it has to be studied. You have to prove the fact that it says that it'll do this. So, I mean, yeah. I think, and that costs a lot of money, you know, and then there's that whole, but I'll bet well, you. Well, maybe if, if they made them GMO oils, then they would. They could <laughs> yeah, pass right. them. And then, yeah. and then they right, could. Right? Exactly. I'll, I'll bet you that if they, um, you know, if we looked really nitty-gritty at, at pharmaceuticals, you know, if we were, you know, uh, pharmacologists and we looked at it, we would actually see quite a lot of herbal backing and even p- potentially essential oil backing in a lot of the pharmaceuticals that are used, you know? Oh, yeah, or um, I think they were originally, a lot of the pharmaceuticals were originally totally. made from plants, but then they figured out, you know, a synthetic way to make it, so they were like, well, that's cheaper, so. Um, <laughs> and then one if, of my you, favorites. if you look in the old, sorry, just one second, the, the really oh, old, far, uh, you know, medical textbooks from, like, the turn of the 19th century, or, you know, whatever, the 20th century, yeah. uh, the the really old textbook they were all said, herbal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it had, you know, it had all the essential oils as remedies. So, uh, I think it's just, you know, who's paying the who's paying the right. advertising bill. Exactly. One of my one of my favorite things is um, you know, with Alzheimer's, there was an MD that and the really the only reason that coconut oil got any type of warranted anything was because of um, this MD, and for some reason her name is just blipping me right now, but her husband had Alzheimer's, and, you know, uh, oh, she that was Mary, giving him... Wasn't I, it Mary Lipton or something like that? Something like that, yeah, but her husband, she was giving him up to like four tablespoons a day and had this, this massive regression, like 50% regression on the Alzheimer's. And uh, what was so interesting to me is you see you know, now because you cannot patent a natural remedy. This is where pharmaceuticals get in trouble is because they can't patent, uh, you know, clary sage or lemon. You can't patent it because it's a natural uh, substance. Mm -hmm. So with the coconut oil, you know, I think it was maybe like five or so, five, six years after that, 
you saw Alzheimer's drugs that were being made, that were being done uh, with medium-chain fatty acids, of course, large doses, mm-hmm. but if they could isolate, you know, like isolating linalool or whatever out of essential oils, if they could isolate a component within that natural remedy, then they were able to patent it. And you wish that everybody yeah. knew that. You know, you're like, well, that's, you know, but naturally the thing this, about this percentage. When they isolate things, I mean, it's just like with vitamins, when we're not up to speed enough to know, I mean, we're not Mother Nature. And it's like when you start separating everything out, I mean, there's broccoli is in broccoli for a reason, you know, or, or whatever right. it is. I mean, we don't know all these cofactors. And so it's like, uh, you know, if you take one thing out of the coconut oil, well, you don't know that that could be working with something else. So it's like... Right, or not. maybe there's exactly that certain percentage exists, but there's the percentage... It kind of reminds me of breast milk. You know, exactly. there are 500 unidentified components of breast milk. Oh, so wow. how are we so sure to say that it can't do this because you can't, you haven't even told us what's in it yet. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just so, you know, uh, yeah. So you go, girl. Well, I mean, just make sure that first ingredient is corn syrup, and you're all good. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I love the fact, going to your website, I love the fact that you have, you know, kind of switching off essential oils, but going, uh, you have the tools for. Um, curbing sugar cravings. I love that, you know. Um, yeah, it's just uh, because so many people are they're craving so much sugar, you know, they don't realize they're craving sugar because they're eating sugar or they're eating carbohydrates that break down like sugar. And, you know, I think only and people that really understand. they're eating their healthy whole grains. Right. I mean, it's, grains. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But so many carbohydrates of that. So I would love to ask you, not switching you off essential oils, but I would love to ask you what Caitlin's version of healthy, good eating is. Oh, no, get ready to – she's going to make our, our breakfast and lunch and dinner look <laughs> awful. So get ready. Here we get, go. I could get my fanny whooped right here. Okay, I'm yes, ready. Yes, you are. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I I am not so strict on a lot of things. I mean – you know, like I don't like. I feel like sometimes people think that paleo is so perfect that they can't do it, and they just get completely overwhelmed. And they're just like, "Well, that's just, you know, I can't have everything organic. I can't afford everything grass fed." And I mean, of course, a larger percentage of my food is that way. But it's like I'm not gonna. I'm not somebody who's not gonna go to a restaurant to meet a friend because. You know, I can't eat out. I mean, I refuse to live that way. So right, and that's I, a healthy I, I portion. Mean, that's healthy. You know, I think. Dan and I healthy. think that's healthy. Yeah. And of course, there's been times. I mean, I've tried everything. I've done the gas diet, and I've done AIP, and um, you know, I've tried everything for a little while. But most of the time, I just kind of find my happy medium. And, you know, I've traveled a lot in the last several years. I mean, I went on a three-week book tour with my book, Mediterranean Paleo Cooking. And, I mean, I guarantee you, you can't eat organic the whole time. You know, you just kind of have to do the best you can. And, I mean, the main thing, I just focus on getting protein every meal and 
I know I try to not eat things drowned in vegetable oil, you know, if if, if it, you know, right. I can avoid it and I try not to eat you know, I tr- like if I get a salad, I try not to eat the dressing that they just give you with it, you know, because I know that that's full of soybean oil. Like I'll ask for olive oil and vinegar. I mean, you know, you don't know if it's always 100% olive oil, but you just try your best that you can. And uh, because I know if I, if I, like I can feel it, if I eat for several days out of a restaurant, I mean, I feel pretty bad. So um, it's for me, it's more about just feeling good. It's not about feeling guilty. You know what I mean? It's right. Um, so good for you. You're dancing around again. Sorry. I was going to say, we couldn't hear anything, anything uh, from that. Okay. Not I'll sure what that is. Excited. Here. I know. Here's I just got so excited. I just got so excited. <laughs> Okay, so I was just thinking that that's such a that's such an extreme for you to be, you know, feeling guilty and all of that how you used to feel when you would eat, and now the the extreme of not letting food run your mind is amazing. And your EST and your essential oils, and just trying to find a good balance. Something we all need to work harder on. I know. I mean. I I feel like it's just, I I feel like as women and especially young girls, and we're always told to look this way and that way. And one of the things I really wanted people to, to stop worrying about when they first get sick, it's just don't worry about losing weight. And since I, I, I had a lot of weight shifts in the last few years and, you know, it's just really important to worry about the healing first and the inside out. And then later on, when you get your adrenals better and you get rid of your co-infections and you get your thyroid medication right, then you can worry about losing weight. You know, it's just that is not the first thing. And I, but I know that so many people, that's the the main thing they worry about. And it's oh, just man. like... You so just got to let it go for a while. And, I mean, it's hard because we're in such a obsessed culture of weight. But, you know, I I mean, and I was the worst because I was um, really at my thinnest weight when I got sick and I was in such good shape. And to let go of that was really difficult. But I saw that I just had to focus on my healing first. And then eventually the weight will find its own right you know kind of medium place that's that's bearable for you and um you know and over time i mean you also got to look at how long did it take you to get into this if if it took you 30 years to get sick well it might take you 15 to get better you know so who knows i mean it could be over it could be so everybody's different of course but you know, I always say Don't that worry if you, about you didn't it get into this, right? You didn't get into this overnight, and you're not going to get out of it overnight either. You know, I mean, it, it's such a you hit it on the head when you said, particularly with Hashimoto's, you know, the the weight is not going to come off because the body is in a panicked survival mode, and so all of those things that women start to do to lose weight, one of the biggest, one of the biggest, you know, just anti-productive things I see is people wanting to lose weight so they don't eat. 
and then the body Ugh. goes into that panic mode. They're holding on to weight. So you're so right. I mean, but unfortunately, that's a thing for a lot of Hashimoto's is losing weight, you know. But they, you know, like you said, they have to just commit to the health. And then eventually when the body is secure, and it will, it'll come off, you know, I mean, to, to what it's supposed to be. I mean, we could get into, you know, crazy notions of what is perfect and what each person is individualized to be, actually. But, you know, you're just so, so right with that. It's, it's, it's very sad to see, you know. We, there was a study one time, Dana and I, I can't remember who was telling us about that, Dana, but, uh, and it was a physician that mentioned that they studied women who consumed Hashimoto's, they consumed Coffee. 500 and some calories a day, and they still gained weight. It was, it was absurd. Oh, oh. Do you remember oh, yeah. that I mean, I see, yeah. I mean, I've seen that not pertaining to thyroid, but I've seen it pertaining to people who are obese, and they just put them in the... Um, in a room and they could only like very small amount of calories and they still gained weight. It's like once your body switched to that mode, it's just right. There's nothing you can do about it except to start to actually take care of yourself rather than starve yourself. It's almost like the body, that's the the body's BS switch. It's like, no, no, sorry. (laughs) Not going to work. It was such a light bulb moment for me when I learned, I took the Czech Holistic Lifestyle course, and, you know, if you're not familiar with Paul Czech, he has a great book called Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, which is one of the first books that I read when I got sick, and he's very into the breathing, and he has these four doctors, it's Dr. Quiet, Dr you know, it's like nutrition. He's it's like four quadrants basically. And, you know, the biggest one I always remember is like the doctor quiet and, you know, you have to spend that time breathing and being alone and meditating and walking and just slow things down. And, um, that just, that book had a big impact on me. So if you're, and he breaks everything down really, really well, but, um, well, that's a, that's a good transition to move into the next thing that we wanted to talk about is how moving has helped your health. And also, uh, you mentioned 10,000 10, steps in Zumba. So tell us a little bit about that and how that um, evolved in your health journey, Caitlin. Oh, well, sure. I mean, I think for so many years, uh, starting with high school, I you know, used exercise as a kind of as a punishment and uh, then when I, I lost a lot of weight after college, I always felt super lazy if I didn't exercise a, a big amount every day. And I just thought that was my lazy, like if I felt tired, I just thought that was like the lazy part of me talking. And, uh, you know, I was basically unworthy unless I had exercised that day and you know, I just believed all those voices in my head about that. And and then when I was a trainer, I just thought, when I started to feel bad, I just thought it was that lazy voice again saying, oh, you're, you know, you're just, you're just not good enough kind of thing. And um, so now I just have such a different, after being, 
stick with Hashimoto's and everything. I just have such a different outlook on it, and I don't even care if I exercise every day. I just, uh, you know, it's it, totally out of that mindset about the exercise being for weight loss. It's much more about just feeling good and uh, just breathing, being outside, enjoying the sunshine if there's any, and uh and just using it totally different as a, a way of just re- rejuvenating myself rather than like tearing myself down the way I used to. So the now I do I have a little step counter and I'll you know just when you work on the computer or when you work at home it's really easy to sit the whole day. So you've got to make sure that's helped me to kind of notice. Oh, okay, it's time to to go and I actually live kind of close to the grocery store so I'll just kind of walk to the grocery store and maybe get a kombucha or something like that like in the middle of the day or you know just be more conscious of not sitting around all day and but but not I mean now I never ever do cardio like on a machine or any of that stuff that I used to do like that I hated you know I mean I'll I go to a fun dance class at my Y or something like that that I really enjoy. And I just wish people could use exercise like that. And I don't have these big exercise goals because I had such bad adrenal fatigue. I just really had to go away from all those, you know, big milestones for exercise and all this, you know, weight, um, hypertrophy goals of I just felt right. like I didn't have I just didn't have the energy for that. I mean, some days I could barely get out of bed. So it was like I'm just going to put all those kind of goals on the shelf for a while and and you know, maybe someday I'll get back to some big program, but I just feel like now <laughs> it's just listening to my body and just kind of enjoying the exercise that I'm doing is the most important. Well, I think you hit a a super, super important message there for for anyone healing is you can hear in your story, even from childhood, the evolvement, you know, how listening to your body when you hit a certain point, you know, required a little bit of change and you changed. And, you know, we talk about that all the time, how it's so important to take a, a, um, you know, a continual inventory so to speak with your body and say hey how's everything working how's this program going along how are we doing what do we need you know additional maybe what do we need to remove now um you know i think that's just i think that's so important for people who are healing to you know continually take that that inventory of it if things are working and and you know uh, like you said in the future maybe that's going to change which is so cool because you're like you know knowing that it, it's a flow, it's an ebb and flow, and uh, that's um, that's amazing. So tell us about your wonderful books. You're amazing. you got some great books. I love the gelatin thing. I'm going to check that out, uh, you know, to incorporate more gelatin in, into my kids and stuff. So tell us about your books. Well, uh, my, main, my, my main book that I'm – most proud of is my Mediterranean Paleo Cooking, which is a 432-page book with 100 over 150 recipes that are thyroid-friendly. They are full of nutrient-dense foods, and my husband is actually from the Mediterranean region, and so when I started getting sick, 
of course, I couldn't cook a lick when I met him, and he cooked all these wonderful dishes, but I had no idea how to make any of them. And so when we, when I started getting sick, he taught me how to cook. At the same time, I taught him how to make all those dishes to be gluten-free. So we thought, let's write these down. And we, after oh, about a, six months, we had over 125 of them written down, and we made an ebook, and it sold really, really well. So... Then we got a publisher, and my friend Diane Sanfilippo, you might have heard of her, has a, she took all of our pictures, and so it really brought the whole, I went twice to his country, and so I it kind of brought the whole thing to life, you know, the recipes from the region, and we all have heard of the Mediterranean diet, so it kind of combines the two, but yet leaves out the hard-to-digest grains and uh the canola oil, which somehow got lumped into the Mediterranean diet in the, in the I 80s. I know, right? <laughs> like, uh, no. I'm not even sure yeah, they know like, what canola oil is over there in that region. It's like yeah, it's really, olive oil or like, bust. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, traditional people, I mean, my husband is actually, uh, his mother like, grew up in the mountains. She's like an indigenous person of North Africa. And she, oh, wow. you know, uh she never even ate any processed food until she came into the city and, you know, when she was 20 or whatever. So it was like uh, they would eat the whole animal. I was there. They actually, you know, broke down the whole animal, ate every single part, made soup out of every single part. I mean, this is real what people really do, you know. So I just want to, and they eat the fat from the animal and they lick the bones and all that stuff. I mean, that's how I really believe we're supposed to eat and uh, this whole idea of being removed and eating chicken breast is just so whacked that um, oh sure exactly right that's a, so that's, that's the whole what I, 70s evolution you know the whole 70s low fat <laughs> no fat is healthier for the heart and they were so off the mark I mean the, the psychiatric issues that came from that era oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Come that's on. what's wrong with me. <laughs> I mean, my, I grew up with like no, non-fat yeah, milk and, oh, my gosh. Oh, my, and margarine. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was in the middle of the table every night. Right, totally. It's just so sad when you look like what we know now. You're like, oh, geez. And people are so confused. I'm sure you see it all the time. People are so confused about fat making them fat you're like no 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 it doesn't work like that you know yeah but um so keep going Absolutely. Sorry about that. i'll zip it no and no, I, we've no. lost dana by the way unfortunately i think her connection just completely cut out so i know she's well i just love to talk very to her, sad it was, it was bad connection it was bad it was weird how it would go so clear so anyways keep telling us about your amazing book so we've got the mediterranean uh, cookbook and and a little history for for the listeners on your husband. He's from North Africa. Came here in 2004. A chef, right? Um, so mm-hmm. and that's your that's your co-author for the book, right? So people have a little history of of your husband too. You know, being a chef and, yeah. and some amazing, awesome tips from childhood. Even I imagine are are in there. Yeah, I mean, he grew up eating the food right from the the farm that day. And, uh, you know, he just taught me so many things about eating seasonally and, you know, eating 
the sardines and the uh, learning how to cook offal and all that stuff. I mean, I had no clue before. So uh, it was really, I mean, I've, I'm a really good cook now. So I learned all that from him. And it was just really cool that we could combine and he could be supportive of me as I was sick to like make all these nourishing foods that he grew up with. And so we really bonded over that whole process. And it was fun to do all the photos with Diane Sanfilippo, who's pretty paleo, pretty well known in paleo. Well, and I love the story of the connection. Tell us, Caitlin, how you and your husband met. I love that whole, it's just so sweet and just so, ah, my soulmate. There he is. (laughs) Tell us how you met your husband. Uh, well, I went into a little cafe he was working in, and I, uh, or ironically, ordered a ham sandwich. <laughs> this was, you know, before I was ever had a Hashimoto's or anything. Uh, and he asked for my phone number, and we went out on a date, and we just stayed together pretty much from then on. So we got married pretty soon after that, and. So we've been together for 10 years, and now he's moved with me to Nashville, so he's getting the full experience of of everything. So we're we're having a good time, and we're right we're working on another e-book. We're working another book too together. So hopefully book, that'll be out guys, in before you guys two have a years. Podcast. So. Very cool. Yeah, and you guys have, have a, a podcast, so you're sharing a passion, which is, you know, that's just awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we really wanted to show, show, you know, cooking tips because I feel like this generation has no idea how to cook. And it's like, how are you ever going to heal yourself if you don't know how to cook and if you're afraid to even touch your food and you don't know how to shop and people are just mm-hmm. going through the, you know, McDonald's or whatever. So it's like we really wanted to combine our efforts. So I talk about the nutrition side of food and then he talks about how to cook it. So we combine that into a 30 minute show and it's been really fun. So we just started that up. So we're going to, we're going to keep doing that. If you have any topics, you can always write us and we'll make a show about it. Oh, very cool. Very cool. You know what I love about cooking? You were so right when you said, you know, not only I think so many don't know how to cook, and they're they're just in a habit that doesn't involve cooking. But I always, you know, what I love the most about cooking is I always call it, you know, of course as an aromatherapist, I always call it a traditional aromatherapy. You know, you can smell the cinnamon and the nutmeg and everything when you're baking, and and when you're doing the chicken soup, you can smell the onions. And I mean, there's so much natural diffusion right, so to speak, that gets done when you're cooking and the health benefits that we take in from inhaling that, you know, even, of course, we're also getting it through the cooking, but inhaling it too, I mean, it's just, it's so healthful, not only to gut lining, but also, you know, the aromatherapy, you know, of course, aromatherapy crosses the blood-brain barrier. It's just, right? Cooking is just so good. And the... the, um also, it's very meditative. I mean, it was the first time I ever heard somebody saying about that, you know, washing dishes could be a meditation because I used to not have a dishwasher when I lived in San Francisco and I would always feel like I'm meditating to try to make myself do the dishes without hating it. So, you know, <laughs> chopping 
chopping all that stuff and and uh and it's also the intention of taking care of yourself, you know, taking that time to be like, okay, well, I'm making this nourishing food for my family, for myself. You know, it's it all goes together in the process of of you know, supporting your ongoing rejuvenation. So uh, totally agree. Awesome. You're gonna yes, have one Caitlin. one of your your moments. What do you call it? What do What's you call that? Those? The your flower moments? field moments. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I think it's so sad, you know that that um, yeah. I mean, you know, there's so much that you have to say. The grass fed beef, and you know, those are just all all flower field moments. Your you know the healthy fats and listening to your history and. You know, it's kind of hard because Dana and I usually explain the flower-filled moments as when there's like a moment of silence and both of us are just like, ah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where you're taking in that absorption of resonance, you know, of, of you know, what the person is saying. I mean, I had so many of them, even especially going back to your original diagnosis. You and I were both diagnosed Hashimoto before our thyroid ever even notified anything of that you know what I mean so that's a huge thing I've had multiple flower field moments but they're hard to do without Dana because usually it's like this moment of silence is like okay is anyone is anyone still with us (laughs) well uh, she's got the the dogs and the kids playing soccer so they're all listening oh my gosh I am not sure what happened I mean today is you know um and what's funny is usually we we p.m. on the location feels. She's like an Anthony Bourdain episode. And you, <laughs> oh, right, exactly. Usually you can't hear any of that. Actually, what, the, what what happens that's really funny with her is in Costa Rica, it can just, well, I imagine Nashville is the same, right? That's where you are now, and I apologize for, for saying San Francisco. But oh, no, I mean, I was there for 10 years, and we just moved. So. Her reign, which is... Oh. insane like right so you she actually they her husband's taking pictures because you can hear just this in the background and i'm like is it raining and you know you can see a picture he sent me a picture of dana where she's got the comforter over her head with her laptop and she's trying to cut out some of the noise i mean it's oh my just, goodness like a rainforest <laughs> now it probably rains like that in nashville right well sometimes in the, the spring and stuff, it can be pretty rainy. But uh, I wanted to say, I forgot to say that I, my dad has thyroid problems too. So, of course, nobody tells you until you get it. <laughs> like, I had no idea that he uh, was was having to, had any thyroid problem because I think, because the perception of that generation is so different than what we think, you know, they just, the doctor put him on thyroid medicine 40 years ago, and it's like, that's it, the period, there's nothing else to it, well, it's like, but we know there's so much more to it, so, I mean, make sure and ask your family before, beforehand, because, you know, you can go ahead and start doing some of this preventative things now, and not, you know, Dig yourself into such a deep right. hole before you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's another and, thing we have in common. My dad's a Hashimoto as, as well, and he's been on Synthroid yeah. since 1950. 
<laughs> exactly, yeah. But a lot I of mean, people don't. Same. That's a great point. You know, a lot of people don't realize that 70%, there's studies that have showed that 70% of paternal, when the, when the father has or father's lineage has Hashimoto's, it's a much greater percentage of transference to the children. Mm, I believe I it. That's crazy, right? Um, and you were asking me about the gelatin book. That's a really fun book, and it's really popular. Just how to make gelatin more fun and just all different kinds of shapes. I have like a turmeric, golden milk, and um, I have a – it's a very AIP-friendly cookbook as well as my um, Mediterranean Paleo book, which has maps and – AIP recipes over a hundred oh, in each. Uh, but the the gelatin book is, you know, a lot of people don't know how to get more of the gut healing, you know, skin boosting, gelatin, collagen, glycine. You know, it helps with detox into their bodies. But the gelatin book makes it really fun. So you can pick that up on my website at grassbygirl.com. And it, it's over, I think, 30 fun dessert recipes. And I also have an essential oil recipe book with how to make essential oils into, you know, face masks and um, cool. different, you know, bath salts and uh, little rubs and all, you know, all those different ways. Because if you're just starting out, it's hard to know what to do with them. So that's a really fun book. And then... But if you're looking for a good Christmas present, get your Mediterranean cookbook, and it is very, very beautiful. So it's a great gift for anybody. You can get it on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble. That's an awesome gift. And I'm I'm sure Thyroid Nation is going to post your book as well, and I'll put that on there uh, for people to have a link to that as well. So, Caitlin, thank you so much for, for being with us today, and I apologize for Dana. I know she's just... She's totally bummed that she hasn't been with us and kind of been cutting out and whatever. Tell the listeners where they can best find you. I know Dan and I both love and watching you on Periscope. So tell everybody where they can best connect with you. Well, the best thing is because on Facebook the, the reach is so limited, uh, You best to subscribe to my email list, which is grassfedlist.com. So G-R-A-S-S-F-E-D-L-I-S-T, grassfedlist.com. And then you'll never miss one of my articles or podcasts or uh, videos or periscopes. And at, at, you can watch me at periscope at grassfedscopes.com. And you can also uh, just go over to grassfedgirl.com and you can Google thyroid and you can find all kinds of good thyroid articles. And you can always write me at caitlin at grassfedgirl.com. I get all my email and I answer everything as fast as I can so I really like to hear from all my thyroid sisters so I'm just so thankful for you having me on your well, show thank you it's so really very big much. Honor. we really appreciate it and we love grass-fed girl we love you and everything that you do and thank you so much for all the time that you give to the thyroid community to the healthy eating community, to the essential oils community. That's a that's a double thumbs for me. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being with us today. And happy holidays. Have a you wonderful too. holiday. Merry Christmas. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Well, that was amazing. She was amazing. And, and like I said, Dana and I love, 
uh, watching her on Periscope and her recipes and essential oil tips. She's got a great blog on uh, diffusing some uh, holiday recipes, just just amazing things. So you can check her out at grassfedgirl.com again, and you can connect with her there uh, pretty easily through Twitter, Facebook. You can just, you know, click on her, um, you know, the little tabs there for that. All right, next week we have, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Sachin Patel of Living Proof Institute. So that's going to be amazing. Uh, As always, a very, very big thank you to our listeners. We really appreciate you taking the time uh, to follow with us. And uh, we want you to share your thyroid thriver journey. Also, there's so many people that can learn from it. Everybody has such a unique story. Um. And thank you so much. Wellness is a journey. Make sure to follow us at thyroidnation.com. This is Tiffany with gratefulgarden.biz and uh, Dana in spirit from thyroidnation.com. Happy holidays. Be well.